Skinning waves, fox beer, lock is acting very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Beat your bad left, Edward is an idiot. Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex cat, Q has had enough of that. Beat me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkers. It is Thursday, December 14th, 2023. It is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And what does that mean? That means we are live. And that means that you can pick up a phone right now and let your fingers do the walking and call Trek Talking. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433, and you're definitely going to want to have that on speed dial because we have a hell of a show. I think things are going to get very Russian very fast around here because tonight we're being joined by the one, the only, Andy Bray. How are you doing tonight, Andy? Oh, I am doing great. I'm so thrilled to be here for a special Christmas episode of Trek Talking. This is the the Christmas episode of Trek Talking, isn't it? That's right. It's we're gonna we're gonna find out just exactly how Mr. Chekhov spends his Christmas on the Enterprise. And who knows? Ooh. He's not too busy. Uh, maybe he'll show up. It, it depends on if Andy can get him out of the coal room. Uh, maybe we'll get him I on the show. I think probably Chekhov loves to crash holiday parties, so. I've I think we'd that. be able to talk to it. <laughs> so we're gonna try that. We're gonna try to get Mr. Chekhov uh, to join us. But a little bit later on, we're gonna listen to a brand new Trek skit, skit, not skit, skit, um, from Andy <laughs> called Chekhov's Christmas Vacation. You guys are definitely gonna want to hang out for that because it is a blast and a half. Let me tell you. But before we get to that, I want to introduce my other Trek experts. We're going to spin on over to Portland, and we're going to see what's hanging on with Eric. How are you doing tonight? Oh, man, I am doing so good. I am anticipating that tonight I will uh, – you know, I've been keeping track, so I, I'm anticipating that I will learn that the number of Russian inventions will actually exceed the number of rules of acquisition um, that the Frankie <laughs> subscribed to. Uh, because it feels like every single thing that I've ever heard of uh, is a Russian invention. That's pretty impressive. Pretty well, impressive according indeed. to Chekhov, the Ferengi rules of acquisition actually were a Russian invention. A Russian? <laughs> That's just. That, that sounds suspicious to me, but he, he says it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And Andy, Andy would know because he's a personal close friend of Pavel Chekhov, so... If Andy says oh, yeah. it, he's got the line. Cool. He's got the direct yeah. line of communication. Yeah, yeah. Yep, sure. right to him, so he knows. <laughs> <laughs> and also from from Portland, we have our own toy guy, Paul. How you doing tonight, Paul? Hey, Uncle Jim. I'm doing just fine, brother. It's been a crazy week, but a 
good week, uh, a delightful yeah. week. So I'm doing well. It's very nice to be here amongst my my crazy, sweaty brethren. You know, Thursdays are my favorite day because it's Trek talking day, and it's it's Friday. It's Friday's Eve. So yeah, I love Friday's Thursday. Eve. Yep. Yeah, I'm into that. Yep. Talking Trek with you guys is the best part of my week. And uh, wrapping out my triple play from Portland, we have David, the donut guy. How are you doing, David? Doing pretty good. I got all my little animal crackers lined up and about to eat them all. So, you know, no donut tonight, you're, though. You're, did you bring enough for everybody? Animal crackers? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe? <laughs> okay. We'll, let it, we'll give you a pass this time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. And we're going to swing over to Las Vegas, where we have our very own Charles hanging out. How you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing all right. It's been, as Paul says, a long week, but <clears throat> I am happy after tomorrow. Winter break starts. Yeah, I got. I, I, I need a Monday, break. Monday and Tuesday, and then I'm on Christmas vacation myself, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, as of right now, guys, we have 132,547 downloads of the podcast. So, wow, thank you so much. If you've missed any of any of our shows, you can head over to trektalking.com. And over there, you'll find access to all of our podcasts. And uh, you can read little bios about each one of us. You can actually see pictures of what we look like uh, in person, up close and personal. Uh, there's a blog site over there. We have a little store, all kinds of great stuff you can check out at trucktalking.com. So there's my pitch. Um, as of right now, on our Facebook page, we have 195,722 followers. <laughs> so just, crazy. Just, so crazy. Wow. It's like just shy of 200K, man. I can't even And none it. of them are bots either. I mean, they've all been <laughs> hand-curated by well, Jim, right? I we will know. tell you, if you actually factored in the number of people that Jim and Charles have jettisoned over the years due to them not following the rules of the game, uh, that number would be well over a quarter of a million. Or being sure, right-wing right? assets, that kind of thing. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, I don't like anybody that's not white. Jim's like... See you later. Every every once in a while, I'll put up. I got to tell you guys something though. I put up the happy birthday post to the president of United Earth, who was played by who, Paul? Uh, which which what? Which, give me a franchise, man. Help me I out. I think we're Star think, Trek Discovery. Yeah, he's talking Discovery. He's talking the future. Yeah. Oh, you mean yeah. Stacey Abrams? Yes, I put up her birthday, and, and I was. Let's not forget I was, that she was a former guest of the show. Uh, she she I was looking forward to. I said this is going to get a lot of people. The airlock is going to be busy. This will clear out a lot of them. And I think I only got two. I only got the jettison two people. Wow, you know that's a safe uh, environment, my friend. Yeah, we're we, we're getting rid of a lot of the trash really quick. You, uh, <laughs> so. Jim, you bait your traps with honey, sir. Is what he it does. He does delicious sticky do. honey. Oh. I do I it on purpose because I know they can't hold back. They just can't stop. So I put things up intentionally to pull them out. But I, I just, <laughs> you know, Charles what? and I are doing pretty good. So he's trolling the trolls. Yeah, we're trolling the trolls. 
if you do head over to uh, <laughs> to our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond, I can pretty much guarantee you it's a safe environment because um, I I don't hesitate to open up that airlock and jettison people that are dinks. So uh, you don't have to worry about that. You can you can be safe at Trek Talking. Um, also, Uncle Jim, is there a uh, is there a Trek Talking safe word in case one of us needs one? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, dink, you know, I think, right? Dink, I think. <laughs> it's probably something in Klingon, so we'll never remember it's, it's it. It's Klingon word. Yeah, <laughs> something's happening you're not comfortable with, and you need to stop. Just say "gah," and it'll be fine. Gah. Of course, do the Klingons gah. really have safe words? Is that a Klingon thing to have? No, words? no such concept is safe. They probably have unsafe no. words. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no place safe at all. Make it worse. Really. Use the pain <laughs> stick. Instead of make, that's Eric's whole thing. Instead of make it so, he's like, make it worse. Oh. <laughs> that's right. Oh. You're like airing them right out the airlock. You know? <laughs> so anyways, guys, if you're hanging out on Facebook page, um, you know, and you interact with us a lot, like I have a question up right now to celebrate the anniversary of Star Trek Insurrection, and I'm asking you guys, our Facebook fans, to tell us what you thought about Insurrection and score it on a scale of 1 to 10. That's just an example. And by interacting with us and answering those questions and and not getting shot out the airlock, by the way, um, you can earn a top fan, a top fan badge on our Facebook page. And you're like, well, why would I want that? Well, why you would want that is because every week, I go through and I pick out of all of you guys, I pick out 20 lucky fans and we read your name on our fan shout out section of the podcast, which is right now. And if you're a top fan, the whole world will know it because we'll tell everybody and that'll be immortalized for eternity. Our voices are flying through space right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and beyond. So yep. everybody will know that you're a top fan at mm-hmm. Trek Talking. So, Eric, you want to get us started with our fan shout-outs this week? Uh, do I ever. Uh, it's so exciting for me to say that billions of years from now, people will know that our number one top fan this week is Roy Snook from Tisbury, England. That's right, Roy. Thank you so much for interacting with us a ton on our Facebook page. We really do appreciate it. And uh, Tisbury looks like a nice little place. I know uh, Paul and I both have an affinity for many of those English uh, countryside joints uh, around the way. So thank you so much just for carrying our torch over there just across. You know, it's a little-known fact of Trek talking, but Eric was actually born in a Shropshire alehouse. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, Yeah. and it's, uh, you know, my first drink was uh, milk of the ale of the dragon or something like that. I I can't quite remember. It It explains a lot. It it was all haze. Yeah, all right. Uh, (laughs) uh, Hello this week as well to Lisa Newton. Lisa Newton is saying hello to us from Dunedin in New Zealand. Dunedin, New Zealand. Uh, that's just about as far away from me, I think, as you can get uh, on the planet. Uh, pretty close. Lisa, thank you so much for being in an entirely uh, other part of the world uh, and, and still supporting this podcast. It really means a lot to us. Hello this week as well to top fan Frank Burke. Frank Burke is saying hello to us from Bochum, Germany. Frank Burke, uh, as a top fan, you you know, we talked about your status, man. It's right up there. And Bochum, Germany is right in 
the country that's right in the center of Europe, and we have a ton of supporters. I I feel like I should actually start keeping uh, track of the number of people we hear from uh, from Germany because it it really is staggering. So thank you so much for being one of those folks, and thank you as well this week to Wolfgang Konzer. Wolfgang Konzer is saying hello to us from Vienna, Austria. And sends us a little Austrian flag, uh, which is uh, very beautiful, of course. And Vienna is one of those places I would love to visit because guess who's one of my boys? That's right. I'm a Mozart guy. Can't help it. Uh, Wolfgang, (laughs) are you potentially connected in some way? Did your folks really love the guy? Do you hate your name? Do you love your name? I would love to talk to you. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast. Charles, I'm going to spin that glow back to you, buddy. Thank you. Let's start off with welcoming Robert Taylor from Jacksonville, Florida. Welcome, Robert. Let's say welcome to Michael Scott Carroll from the land of Oz. Well, I guess, Toto, we are in Kansas. Top fan from Sacramento, California. Welcome, Jason Miller. I got a trekking friend in in, uh, Sacramento, Andy. And from Colorado, welcome Elliot Johnson. Oh, big state of Colorado, which part? David, where, who's on your list? Hello, yes, hey, uh, hi everybody. Uh, so, first on my list is going to be Debbie Van Dover from Sevierville. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, over in Tennessee, USA. Uh, next on the list would be Adam Cortez from Michigan, USA. I have a top fan from Wisconsin. Uh, Tyler Thompson Moen saying, Wisconsin, baby. Hello, Wisconsin! <laughs> uh, last on my list is Brenda Hargrove Jenkins from Washington State. Cool. All the way up from the north of Portland, actually. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, Paul, who's on your list? Well, my friend, we are, of course, an international program, so it's only fitting that we have many fans who like to chime in and say hello to us from across the world, which is always great, including top fan Oscar Bejarano Barro, who is saying hello to us, flag blazing from El Ferrol, Spain, which I want to say is near Galicia, if I remember correctly, like up in the northwestern corner. But I could be mistaken because I'm old and my memory is sketchy at best. But Oscar, it is fantastic to hear from you. I love knowing that there are Star Trek fans in Spain. uh, You have a magnificent country. I would love to visit there soon. A little closer to home for me, uh, we have our good friend Luna Sofia Terra from Chihuahua in Mexico, who is saying hello. I just love that we have all these different fans who are listening to the show, who are checking out our Facebook page, and who just, in the course of their daily lives, sharing their enthusiasm for Star Trek. If you don't mind really long plane flights, like, I don't know, 14 hours or more, you can hop on a plane and go visit our friend Carol Ann in Tasmania, Australia. That's right. That's about as close to the Arctic Circle as you can get and still get a suntan. So absolutely fantastic. Carol's a fan. 
saying hello to us from deep, 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 deep down under. And then there's no geographical right or wrong to the order that we go here because we just kind of basically flip and fly and don't go in a straight line. And you could get whiplash because now we're back we're here. We're spinning the globe, man. We're just spinning it. Oh, I'm so dizzy. I may throw up. But uh, we have our good friend, Roberta Nobre Thompson, who is saying hello from Pombal, Portugal. I am a big fan of many of the products produced in Portugal. I will let our audience deduce for themselves which products those might be. But I think it's an absolutely amazing spot. Um, I raise my glass in uh, respect and admiration to all things Portuguese, Roberta, and it is great to have you reach out to us, and thanks for being a fan, Uncle Jim. Yeah, I'm going to bring it a little bit closer to home, not too far from me. We want to say hello and thank you to Elliot Darren, who's listening to us in New Hampshire, and flashes us the live long and prosper. Thank you so much, Elliot. We also want to say thank you to Joseph Cavanaugh, who's listening to us in Rhode Island the home of Rhode Island Comic Con. Thank you for being a fan and listening to us, Joseph. We appreciate it. I have a top fan here from New York City. That's right, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps. We want to say thank you to Robert Sesley. And uh, I wonder if Robert might know Ray. I don't know. Maybe he does. So thank you for listening, Robert. And last, but definitely not least, on my list, I want to say kapla. And thank you for listening to Jody Patron from listening Omaha, Nebraska. So that, everybody, are fan shout-outs for this week. If you want to be featured in a future fan shout-out, head over to our Facebook page and uh, just interact with us. Um, there's a pinned post at the top of the page asking where you're from. Uh, try to be creative like Lots of emojis will get my attention because I look at the Facebook page a lot all day. If you want to get my attention, uh, throw some emojis up there, and uh, chances are you'll get my attention. All right, guys. Well, this is it. We're time for our featured guest, our guest of honor, the one and only Andy Bray. And uh, let's see, Andy, you want to? do we want to play the skit first and talk about it, or do you want to set the stage a little bit? for us before we enjoy it. Well, I can, I can set the stage a bit and then we can dive into it and then we can discuss it afterwards. Um, this okay. is, uh, uh, another, this is the, the end of my second season of Trek sketches. Um, I've got eight, this is number eight, uh, so far of Trek sketches. Anyone interested in watching the previous ones can go to theandybray.com or go to YouTube, and they're all there uh, at Andy Bray TV. And last season, I did a, a, a Chekhov Christmas special, and that one was called A Wary Merry Chekhov Christmas. And so coming to the end of this one, I thought it'd be fun to do another Christmas special. And because I knew I'd be neck deep in schoolwork uh, and too busy to do it, this month or last month, I actually filmed this sketch back in uh, August. But it started actually with an idea from you guys again. So I'm also start giving you guys story credits. I mean, in addition to the the Gorn sketch, this one I think was born out of um, probably when I came on to talk about that episode, and I ended up making uh, 
Chekhov ended up talking about his rivalry with Sulu. And so when I started to write the this year's Christmas special, th- that was the kind of the natural starting point, is Chekhov and Sulu getting into a Christmas rivalry. And from there, it started to add in elements of my favorite Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation. And it became kind of a, a spoof of that, while also uh, a Sulu rivalry, and also kind of touching on a few things we saw recently in Star Trek history, uh, in the, in the Star Trek shows. I won't say what. I'll talk about that afterwards. Um, but, uh, and, and so this is Chekhov's Christmas Vacation. Absolutely. And I just want to say before I roll it, that if you guys haven't watched the Gorn skit, you are missing <laughs> out. I, I fell off my couch laughing. It's so hilarious. You need to check that out. Also, you can find the Chekhov's Christmas on our Facebook page as well. So if you haven't seen it, sit back and enjoy Chekhov's Christmas Vacation. Blood sample Chekhov. Skin sample Chekhov. If, if I live long enough, I'm going to run out of samples. Yeah, that's a good one. What's that, Bobo? Oh, Sulu! Nothing, nothing. Uh, just working on the grocery list. Are you rehearsing jokes again? Trying to impress the captain? Oh, no, of course not. Let me guess. Brown nosing was a Russian invention. <laughs> Good one, Hikaru. Well, I must be going. Little Anton's waiting for me. Any plans for Christmas, Bobble? Nah, not this year. Oh, that's a shame. I've got the whole Sulu clan beaming in for the holidays. My parents, my in-laws, and of course Ben and Demora. Guess that makes me the Enterprise's new king of Christmas, eh, Pavel? Over my dead body, fly boy. What was that? Anton, red alert, wake up! Are the Klingons attacking? No, worse. Sulu's trying to win Christmas. I'm going back to bed. Christmas is totally my thing! Everybody knows. He flies the ship, and I crack the jokes, look adorable, and celebrate Christmas. After all, you know... Christmas was a Russian invention. Say it right. Invention. I don't understand why you don't have an accent. Where did I go wrong? Hooked on phonics. Damn, McCoy! That was his doing. Can I go back to bed now? No. We have to get a Christmas tree. Come on. We're beaming down to Earth. It's Christmas Eve. Where are we going to find a tree? Dad, I can't feel my legs. It's all part of the Christmas experience, son. A true Russian Christmas begins with a proud Russian Christmas tree cut down in the heart of Siberia. Isn't Siberia where Stalin sent his enemies to freeze to death? Probably. Now, let's go find a Christmas tree. 
perfect. Just look at it, Anton. I can't. My eyes are frozen. That's okay. You'll see it later. Did you bring a saw, Dad? Yatsa! It's okay. I know Scotty's password for phaser control. It's the lyrics to Margaritaville. I have an idea. Yup, that did it. Okie dokie, we've got the Christmas tree, we've got our stockings, we've got some eggnog, a Russian invention, and we've got a crackling Christmas fire. I bet Sue doesn't have one of those. Probably because he's not crazy enough to disable the ship's automatic fire suppression system. Okay, let's test the Christmas lights one more time. Now is the Chekhov family. And there they are. How is my boy? Papa! Are you running this ship yet? Not yet, Dad. Let me talk to this Kirk fellow. You deserve to be more than an engine by now. Don't talk to anybody, Dad. Why not? It's embarrassing. I've had to make up a fake son, Piotr. Just to have someone to brag about. Thanks, Dad. Now, where is my grandson? Hi, Popovsky. Why doesn't he have an accent? Don't blame me. I have an accent. Irina has an accent. I think it skips a generation. I have an accent. Are you shouting already, Andre? Why always with the shouting? It's the holidays. We are here to visit with our son. Sure, he doesn't visit nearly as much as he should. Would it kill him? No. He's off having fun in space while we waste away and wait to die. But I'm sure he has his reasons. What do I know? I'm just his mother. Thanks, Mom. It's good to see you, too. Hi, Grandma. Here, I have a quarter for you. <laughs> oh, gee, a whole quarter. All right, then. Everybody's here. Let's eat. Well, now, I hope you saved the neck for me. Cousin Eddie. Ski. Is Brad's Bobble? If I woke up tomorrow morning in a transporter splicing accident with Mr. Spock to become Mr. Spockoff, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. I appreciate that, Pavel. Now, where's little Anton? I got a hug for him. I'd rather hug him, Mugatu. Is it just me, or does he sound normal? <laughs> don't worry, I don't have a Russian accent either, and I'll turn out just fine. <laughs> I bet you'll be president one day. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? If it makes Sula jealous, I'm all for it. <laughs> what is that smell? Okay, go Madrid, before you start asking me how many lights I see, I confess. I came here in the old warp-capable RV, and, well, the shitter's full, so I took the liberty of beaming the contents into your refuse. Of course you did. 
Wait, you can't. I have a fire going. And he disables fire suppression system. Hold your butt. My son finally invites me out of my house. And for what? Cooks blowed me? Hallelujah, where's the Tulane damn Tylenol? Pavel, I heard a noise and... Don't say it, Sulu. Oh, my. I know. My Christmas sucks. Yeah. Go ahead and make fun of me if it makes you feel better. I'm an easy target. But you know what? I like me. My wife likes me. My father likes me. No, I don't. Andre! What? I don't. I wasn't going to make fun of you, Pavel. You weren't? No. Even if that quote is from the wrong John Hughes movie. Aha! Damn it! It's just, without Christmas, I'm just some Russian guy. Yes, but you're our goofy little Russian guy. Oh, thanks, Sulu. I think. I'm sorry for turning this into a competition. Is there any room in the Sulu family Christmas for a bunch of crispy Chekhovs? Always, my friend. Well then, it's settled. We're spending Christmas here every year. Hurry, hurry, before all the good food is gone. Hey, Dad, are you okay? <laughs> Mr. Sulu, you ever been in an RV before? Oh, my. Oh, Pavel, don't throw out none of your furniture. A little charbroil don't bother me none. Just run a hose over it for an hour and... Sure thing, Adiski. Sulu's gift! Dad, since you and Sulu are friends again, shouldn't you get him a different gift? Nah. The triple of the month club is the gift that keeps on giving. Well, there you have it, guys. You can watch the entire video on YouTube or on our Facebook page. So, Andy, uh, before we get too far, uh, who played your son in this video? <laughs> that was the world-famous Jude Wolf playing Anton Chekhov. I thought so. I kind of I got that feeling on that. I love the shirt that he's wearing in the clip, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> for anyone who, who's just listening to it for the first time, you're definitely going to watch it. There's a lot of visual gags in it. And, and Jude wears two different shirts. He wears a sweater with a, a gag on it, and he wears a shirt with a gag on it. Uh, the shirt, the pajama shirt, is a Star Wars shirt. It says, uh, with Darth Vader's face, it says, uh, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. So I I, I, mer- I did it. I finally did it. I merged the franchises. Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> it's canon. It's canon, baby. <laughs> it is. As far as I love it. You know. <laughs> Ed this is, is awesome, too. <laughs> cousin Eddie Ski. Yes. Edinsky. Who is awesome? Well, and the yes, way, just right. the way that line was like, Cousin Eddie ski with like the pause dude that was brilliant i loved it yeah i think i did that probably about 
20 times to get it right, and I, well, I was pretty stunned with myself that I managed to get it that right. Yeah, I don't you got it. Totally love right. my performance, but I, I like the pause there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone who, who hasn't seen it yet, you also have to see that Jude is also wearing in the, the cold – because you heard us beam down. What you didn't see is on the screen it said Siberia, Russia, Earth. Mm-hmm. And we beamed down to get our tree in, in Siberia, and Jude was wearing a Chateau Picard sweater, which was actually oh. given to him by uh, the Star Trek.com people when he went painting with Issa uh, Briones um, at Star Trek headquarters, the, the uh, secret hideout headquarters in, in uh, Santa Monica. For uh, Star Trek.com video, he got to do painting with, with Issa, and he also got to watch uh, some episodes of Picard before they premiered and toured the sets and try on the, the infamous Spock uh, rotating light helmet that was that, that famous toy from the 70s. That still doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just a rebrand. Just a rebrand. But it doesn't matter. It's canon. Yeah, I love that Lord X made that canon. <laughs> I love that your son is the future Federation president, dude. Yeah, and that was another thing that, that I was inspired from the last time I was on the show was Star Trek Picard had just come out. And for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, first of all, why? And second of all, you missed out on Walter appearing as President Anton Chekhov, who, while it's never quite said, it's sort of implied that he's Chekhov's son. I mean, he could be Chekhov's grandson or who knows what, um, but implied that he was Pavel's son. And you guys said, oh, yeah, you should get Jude to play Anton. So I thought right there, I was like, oh, okay. Amazing. I guess I'm definitely going to have to do that next time I write a sketch. And so <laughs> for this Christmas one, as soon as I started putting it together and it became you know, a Christmas vacation spook, it just made sense to have Anton Chekhov. And because Walter does his normal Walter voice in that Picard episode, I thought it would be fun to just have Jude as Anton with a normal accent, American accent. And apologies to anyone who's not American that I said normal accent. I meant American. <laughs> but and, and, and the rest of his family is just doesn't understand slash very upset that he doesn't have a Russian accent. So funny. Well, he'd rather all, – all I know is that uh, regardless of accent, it seems that he would rather hug Mugatu, which also was one of those lines that just like I, – I didn't hear the line that came after that because I was laughing out loud when I heard that. <laughs> well, after the Mugatu line, I think Cousin Eddie Ski says, uh, is it just me? Does he sound normal? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's off the grandparents. <laughs> Well, there was there were a couple moments that were pretty special for me. That was one, and the other one was the Gull Madrid line. Oh my God! <laughs> Which I debated that line back and forth. I had two versions of that of that moment. One where it's just you know, where I just as cousin Eddie say, uh, okay, before you start asking me how many lots I see, I confess, and there was no mention of Gull Madrid. Mm. Said, okay, that that's kind of pushing it. Uh, maybe. Uh, Cardassian torture techniques are known in the 23rd century. Um, but should I mention Gold Madrid? He's a 24th century character, and how on earth would Cousin Eddie know about that? But then I just decided, oh, screw it. It's funnier with Gold Madrid mentioned by name. I thought that that makes it funnier. That, that 
the very specific reference versus the kind of more broad reference. And I would just throw in Chekhov's kind of confuse, what are you talking about, as the kind of gloss over. And if anyone needs some sort of in-universe reason, maybe Cousin Eddie has traveled through time for some reason. Yeah, he had a warp-capable uh, RV, right? So who knows I want what that one. thing can do. If you want to <laughs> slingshot around the sun somewhere, man, you can go back in time. But yeah. like some sort of trouble he'd get into. Yeah, that'll be the straight-to-video sequel, Cousin Eddie traveling to the future. Uh, to I me, think, it was the right I decision because uh, uh, bring, I was just going to say bringing up Gold Madrid was hilarious. Regardless of time frame. Ball, didn't he? The, the, what was it, Eagle 5 from Spaceball? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, they've done that, right? <laughs> the, the they didn't travel that time, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And the gift that keeps on giving. David wants that gift. Oh, I totally know what I'm getting David for Christmas this year, man. The, the, the triple of the month club, man. That's what he needs. Yeah, I was thinking of an ending for it. That one just kind of popped out very quickly and very easily. It's like something about the Jell-O of the Month Club. What, what, what's the gift that keeps on giving? Oh, it's got to be a triple. Tribbles just keep on giving. Because <laughs> that's what they do. Quarters <laughs> Also, for anyone oh, who hasn't boy. seen it yet and has just heard it, uh, I do also have, and I'm very proud of this, in, in Anton's section of the quarters, He's got a, a shuttlecraft bed, and he's got a Nickelodeon Presents uh, Tribble Patrol poster up on the wall. Hmm. Yeah. There's, there's, Tribble Patrol. There's a lot <laughs> of Paw Patrol. Stuff, uh, <laughs> yeah, and there is a picture behind him of, of Pavel and Anton at Disney together and uh, Irina, played by oh. uh, the late Mary Linda. Uh, um, from the the episode, the off, absolutely awful episode, This Way to Eden. Um, who I, I worked with Mary Linda on the fan films, the, the Walter fan film voyages um, to serve all my days. And she's absolutely, she was a lovely, wonderful woman. Uh, she was so eager to rehearse and so kind about her time and, and spending, we would just sit there on the floor of the auto dealership there and, and run our lines back and forth. So... I figured that was my other little, that was my nod to her, as well as saying in-universe that Chekhov and Irina end up getting married and having Anton. And for anyone wondering about the time frame there, wouldn't she be in jail? Obviously, it's conjugal visits. Hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Of course. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, you know, it's easy for Pablo. It's not a lot of commitment, you know, just showing up, I don't know, once a month or whatever, when he's got time. And, and jailbird wife. Uh, yeah. It's canon. Now it's canon. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really like the... What I, do, uh, I just lay down canon. I liked when your father <laughs> came in. <laughs> I just laid out the, lay the down canon, canon. fire. <laughs> lay down some let, me just, let me just step over here and lay down some canon. Andy Bray, Andy, lay I down it, canon. I can see it now. When your father walks in... <laughs> And your father makes a reference to his 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 uh, the son that he created, uh, oh which was the same in the, the same imaginary brother that Chekhov had in the Day of the Dove. Yep. 
Yeah, <laughs> Piotr. <laughs> yeah, yep. so that's one of those references that I pretty much just threw in for you guys because I know it, you guys like Dude, I totally got it. It was so funny, and just like you playing both of those characters and then throwing that kind of stuff in was so funny. And I just want to say that, like, so your decision not to physically portray Sulu but keep him off camera was also very intelligent and respectful, I thought. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Well, there's no way I could get away with playing Sulu. No. Uh, visually playing Sulu. That would just be awful for so many reasons. Yep. But I, think <laughs> I can do a pretty passable Sulu voice, so I, I can do that instead. That was great. Very good decision. Yep. <laughs> But but yeah. otherwise I did I did have my hands full with characters on screen anyways and that turned out to be really difficult that was <laughs> that took a lot of planning and then like uh, uh, drawing out sketches uh, of, of each scene and trying to figure out especially in the group scenes how I would put myself where I put, would position each character and then filming myself marking the, the floor in my office and filming myself you know as, as cousin Eddie Ski off to the, the left of the camera. Um, and then the parents in the back, but to the right, and then spot for me and for Jude to stand, and, and having to visualize that and then set that up was a pain in the butt. <laughs> and, and then putting it together, editing-wise, was probably the easiest part, but just the, trying to also give myself the timing where I would basically start the camera and just roll it for as long as I could to give as much length in front of my dialogue for each of those characters uh-huh. and then say the line and then exit the, the screen. And that way I could, I could adjust and chop off whatever length of the beginning I needed to to kind of move it in place so that it timed out the way it did where uh, Chekhov's parents leave first and then uh, Cousin Eddie Ski leaves and turns to Chekhov and Chekhov responds to him and then he leaves and then we're left with just Chekhov, Pavel, and, and Anton. I mean, all my other sketches have just been me as one character, cut to me as another character. Right. This is the first time I've tried my hand at this, but I figured for this kind of scene, that's one of the things about Christmas Vacation is those scenes with the whole family are, uh-huh. are one of the some of the pivotal scenes in that movie. That's you know, that's the holidays. That's the essence of the holidays is that a crowded, loud room with lots of family members, not all of whom like each other. And so that was kind of important to have that in this sketch as well. And and I did discover how to do um, the scene where Andre, uh, Chekhov's dad and Chekhov's mom, look at each other. She says, Andre! And he says, what? I don't. That was actually by accident. I figured out how to do that. Oh, nice. <laughs> I <accidentally laughs> program, I moved the frame of one of my characters. I was like, wait, I can move the frame so I can position them side by side? That was not intentional. I, originally, it was going to be a shot of her saying Andre, and then a shot of him saying, "What? I don't." Uh. And and then when I figured I could do that, I, oh, that, oh, that, that opens up so many possibilities. I couldn't do that for the big group scene though, because they exit frame. And if I move the frame over to move them over, they would suddenly disappear middle of the scene. Huh. So that was but just that, all like green yeah. screen stuff when you were trying to layer those four characters on top of each other, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, each of them I filmed in front of my green screen, and then I, I layered. I think the, the Chekhov and the uh, Anton, we were the front frame, and then I layered the other ones behind it, and then put the background, the, the charbroiled Chekhov quarter uh, <laughs> visual behind that, and and it, it just worked. I'm I'm so glad it worked because I I 
storyboarded it that way, and I filmed it with that intention, not knowing exactly how well it would work out. I mean, I have played around with stuff like that before. In the, the Starfleet Repair sketch, for instance, I have the two characters floating in space together, and that was something along those lines, but I've never had a scene where multiple characters played by me are interacting with other characters played by me. So I'm, I'm just happy that it worked out as well as it did. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, is there a possibility that maybe we might see uh, a future episode with Mr. Uh, Mr. Spockoff? <laughs> <laughs> well, that depends if I can find a, a budget for a makeup department. <laughs> That's another character that I don't know that I could play. Spock is a hard enough character to play anyways in that years. I mean, I, I guess there's plenty of people who cosplay Vulcans. Yeah, you that, can just that buy cheapo ears. The ears don't matter, man. Just throw the ears on, and that's if true. you do the, the character, I could, I could get yeah. those, like, what are the, what's that, that beer ad that had Spock with his ears, like, pointed oh, down? Oh, yes. Yeah, those sad Spock ears. <laughs> yeah, I imagine I, That I would be Guinness. 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 So, uh, Andy is is Pavel around? Can we talk to him about the skit? Let me see. Hey, Pavel! Pavel! Yeah, it's that talking guys. I know, it's him again. Yeah, I know. You're working, but they want to talk to you for a little bit. It's a holiday party. Yeah, holiday party. Okay, he's coming. Holiday party, yeah, right over here, Pavel. Right over here. Hello, this is Pavel. Chekhov, I was busy doing some labors in the Enterprise boiler room. You're always busy calling me when I'm trying to work. (laughs) Well, we just saw your your Christmas, your family Christmas video. Very interesting. Oh, yes. The family over for the holidays. Goodness grief. I tell you what, I don't think I'm ever going to do that again. I was trying to out Christmas Sulu, but man, oh, man, I was not prepared for having the family over. Especially my cousin. I had no idea he was going to be there. And suddenly, poof, there he is. That guy, he's got a couple of bolts loose, I think. <laughs> Family will do that to you, Pavel. you got to be prepared. You think and I can. had such a nice Christmas going, too. I had a fireplace. I had a tree from Siberia. I had stockings. I had eggnog, a Russian invention. And then that idiot comes over and blows up my quarters. Yeah, that was difficult explaining that to the captain. Is that why you're stuck in the boiler room? You know it. I tried to say, oh, no, my quarters always look like this, captain. I don't know what you're talking about, but maybe you can move me to nicer quarters. He didn't buy it. Not for one second. Uh, got to be, be smarter than that. Smart I know you had quarters that weren't born. I gave them to you myself. Damn it. That's right. He was there when he likes to give the quarters himself because he likes to talk about how much bigger his quarters are. He likes to say, here are your quarters, Mr. What is it? Check off. My quarters are twice his size. Such a braggart. Yeah, you'll get that from Captain Kirk quite a bit. Well, what about Mr. Sulu? You could have taken his quarters. No, that's true, but it's I don't know. He was so nice to me afterwards. He, he invited me over to his party. He let my family eat over there. 
that ate his entire turkey. Uh, it was actually a little embarrassing. And he had this really nice turkey that he made for Ben and Demora and his parents. And then Cousin Eddie set it on fire. <laughs> I hope he got the neck at least. He did, he did. But he tried to eat it while he was smoking his cigar, and it burst into flames. Apparently, Sulu had put some glaze on it, some really flammable glaze, and just poof. Burnt <laughs> Sulu's eyebrows right off. So he's a little upset with me right now. <laughs> well, when he gets your Christmas well, gift, I'm be, sure he'll, he'll get over it. Had to be vodka sauce. It's from Russia. You know what? I think it was. Because exactly. I gave him... Last Christmas, this Christmas I gave him the Tribble of the Month Club. Last Christmas I gave him the Waka of the Month Club. It was actually a gift I meant for myself, but I accidentally gave it to Sulu. But, oh, yeah, Sulu, I'm a very considerate man. I enjoy it. But I don't think he drinks, so he must have put it on the turkey instead. Vodka <laughs> uh, wow. turkey. You've been awful quiet. Do you have any questions for Mr. Chekhov? No, I'm, I'm just curious, man. How long does it take you to produce one of these things? Uh, is, that, is that a question for me or for Andy? Um, I think you should uh, just let yourself out, man. Whatever you feel like. <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no therapist. I'm a doctor. But uh, <laughs> never, yeah, we whatever. never break character over here. But uh, I think Andy would say that... He's around, though. He, Andy's around somewhere. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he's probably... Fine, I'll know. put him on the phone. <laughs> they, they want to talk to you about the production, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go shovel some coal real quick. Oh, hey, guys. So, Chekhov said something about the, the blah, 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 production. Uh just curious, man. I mean, just uh, for the for the audience out there, like, how long does it take you to do this? Do you do this all by yourself? Do you have like a crew that comes in? I mean, what's involved with the whole thing? I mean, how, give us some background behind the scenes. <laughs> I've made it harder for myself than I definitely had to. Like the first sketch I ever did, becoming Chekhov, was really easy. It was just one character, and it was one location, and it was about four and a half minutes long, and it was no special effects, no sound effects. Um, no, no clips from the original series or anything like that. It was really straightforward. And as I've been progressing and, and doing more of them, I've been opening up my my toolbox and and getting a little bit more difficult for myself. Writing longer sketches, writing more involved sketches, more characters. Uh, so I started writing these. Some of them have been like the lens flares one and uh, worst contact. Uh, those I, I wrote years ago and then they've just been in the rewriting process while I was waiting for a window to shoot them and then I, I shot that worst contact during my spring break and then I during my summer break I, I dove in and shot these other three uh, the Chekhov Gorn uh, sketch the uh, lens flare sketch and this sketch I, I shot this one in August because I knew that it, I wouldn't be able to, to do any editing or any work on it while I was back in school uh, beginning at the end of August. So I think I, this one I didn't have pre-written already. So this one I, I knew I wanted to do a Christmas episode to end this season. And I've been kicking around a couple ideas, including one idea where Chekhov becomes a toy and goes to the island of misfit toys. <laughs> but that one is probably so difficult to shoot that I don't know. I'll, I'll keep kicking that one down the street a while. Um, but then 
like I said, after talking with you guys and, and doing the, 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 the improv as checkoff and, and competitive with Sulu, that kind of created the little beginning of an idea for a, a Christmas special where checkoff gets into a competition with Sulu, which we've seen in probably a dozen different Christmas movies like that. And not specifically Christmas Vacation, but there is an element of competition in Christmas Vacation where Chevy Chase's character, Clark Griswold, is kind of being just competitive with his own memories of how great Christmas, a family Christmas is. And, and so as I started writing it, I, I wrote that scene in the hallway where Chekhov gets basically goaded into competing with Sulu and then rushes to tell Anton, which I think I'd also – the same improv with you guys, I think about – mentioning Anton, you know, becoming president and how that was going to show up Sulu. And Demora was only the, the uh, pilot of the Enterprise B, but Anton becomes president of the Federation. And so that was also part of the whole idea of a competition and bringing Anton into it. And I think you guys mentioned you, that I should have Jude play, Ant, play Anton. And so all of that kind of starts snowballing into this sketch. And slowly I started kind of thinking, wouldn't it be fun to have this reference to Christmas Vacation and this reference? And I think the writing process probably took maybe a week or two to have a rough draft, and then I like to kind of rewrite for a month. You know, no pressure, don't rush into it, and just allow myself to rewrite because I actually think the rewriting is where I really shine and, and get my best stuff out of it. And so I, I try to give myself about a, a month the right each of these and then the production because this one was such a complicated production with multiple characters i usually shoot one character each day um it took a couple days to shoot all of jude's stuff just because i didn't want to overwork him and have him quit on me and uh it took a couple days to shoot all my checkoff stuff because there's a lot of checkoff stuff and there's costume changes and there's makeup changes the, the the smudges on our face after the explosion for instance and the wild hair so each character had to go through makeup changes, and each each character – I play each character other than Anton, so I had to change costumes and shoot different characters and do makeup. You know, I have lipstick on for Chekhov's mom and eyeshadow on for Chekhov's mom. So it took probably two weeks of filming. Usually I film these in about a day or two days, one day for each character. This took about two weeks of filming, and then I started editing it with my, my deadline for going back to school fast approaching, and I spent probably quickly editing together a rough version of it. Wow. And then I went... That's amazing, man. Well, super, super creative. Time. I mean, it's a lot of hard work. So what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing in school? I'm studying to be a uh, high school drama teacher. I'm going to teach a, a whole other generation of kids to play uh, Chekhov. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a pretty, that's a pretty awesome job. I think you'll really enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. You get to influence a lot of young minds, man. So that's good stuff. But yeah. uh, it's great. Uh, thanks for sharing this with us, man. Super entertaining and fun. My pleasure. Yeah, I, I enjoy making them. They're a lot of work, and like I said, I, I'm making them harder than I, they necessarily need to be. I could probably just be Chekhov in front of a green screen, just going on and improvising. And I know you guys would get a kick out of that. But to me, I like, I like making it i like the elaborateness of the editing i like looking for the different footage and i, I know there, there's it's still got the checkoff element which i know uncle jim loves so i'm making him happy by throwing checkoff in there and it's got the deep dives that i know you guys dig uh and then i i love looking for sound effects i love 
like the 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 eyeball, the you know, hey dad, did you forget a saw? And then the my eyes going wide. Yep. That sound clip was from Ferris Bueller's Day Off when the principal Rooney realizes that uh, the dog is about to pounce on him. And I love just finding stuff like that, finding the the clip of the Enterprise firing phasers on the planet, um, finding the flyby of the Enterprise, which is harder to find because I I wanted to find like the old 1960s effects versus the modern effects, and that's a little harder to find stuff like that. And then uh, finding every little sound bite that I threw in there, including the in the moment where Chekhov is talking about, I like me, my wife likes me, my father likes me, finding the exact music that was under John Candy in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles during that line, and then editing it all together is like putting together a really fun puzzle for me. So I actually enjoy the editing process probably more than anything else because it, that's where you get to see it all fall into place. So cool. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. David, did you want to talk to Andy? Did you have any questions about the clip? I think you guys pretty much already answered everything that I was going to ask. But, yeah, it's, it's a really fun show. I really enjoyed it. Um, it did have a lot of uh, the vibe of uh, The Christmas Vacation, which I kind of want to watch again, to be honest, because I've forgotten most of that movie. So, <laughs> but, yeah. I love that movie. I watch it every Christmas. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really enjoyable to see that show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Andy, yeah, I, were I mean, any scribbles filming of this, of this uh, skit? Say that again? Were any tribbles harmed during the filming of this skit? <laughs> <laughs> I actually did not use a single tribble in the filming of this. Uh, I, I didn't have to bring over the Humane Society or anything like that. Uh, it was all sound effects and me shaking a box. Although I think the boys have some tribbles. So like I said, maybe next time if I do a sequel, I'll have to uh, electrify one of them. <laughs> yeah so anyways uh i i enjoyed it i thought it i thought it was great and it was a great way to start off the christmas holiday with, with pavel's christmas thank you i love christmas and and i figured Chekhov has to love christmas at least a, a, a third as much as i do and so that's, that's been my, my thing now is now I'd be happy just making uh, once a year a check off Christmas specials. That would make me happy. I think I'm going to cut back on the number of sketches I do. I did four this last year, and it, it kind of burnt me out because I didn't get to relax as much over my summer break as I would have liked. And I, I rolled right into school, and I was already burnt out by the beginning of school. So well, I think four might is. be uh, <laughs> much. If George Lucas can do a Star Wars holiday special, I see no reason why you can't do a Pavel holiday special each and every year. <laughs> exactly. I'll do I'll do a different, you know, a non-checkoff sketch and a holiday checkoff sketch next year, and maybe maybe two a year will, will keep me sane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you have seen the Star Wars holiday special, right? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Are you trying to get so, me to do Chekhov's version of the, <laughs> the Star well, Wars holiday special? I figure if George Lucas could produce something, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, as unique <laughs> as that, then I don't see why Pavel couldn't do something as unique as that. 
right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> It'd be one way of trying to spread cheer on the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so um, anything else that you have in the works that you want to share with our listeners? Yes. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I'm taking a break right now, and I'm probably not going to start writing again until um, – I think I'll wait until I'm out of school at the beginning of summer, and then then I'll, I'll start writing two sketches, film them during the summer, and then spend the rest of my summer uh, relaxing. But I I think the next non-Chekhov sketch that I've got coming up is 12 Angry Cues, which is basically my look at the jury deliberation during Q's trial of mankind. And that one is going to be me playing even more characters, unfortunately. That's one of the reasons why I don't want to do more than two sketches because it's, it's 12 angry cues, so I have to play at least 12 different characters. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Luckily, it should be a little easier because it's going to be around a table, so we can be sitting, but it's going to be a bit of a a technical process there. But I, I think I think this sketch is kind of the, the Chekhov's Christmas vacation has helped work me up to that. And then I'm going to do another trick, uh, Chekhov Christmas special. And I haven't decided exactly yet. Like I said, there, there's an idea about a island of misfit toys, but that would be an extremely difficult thing to do. And maybe I don't want to have two really technically difficult sketches the same year. And then I've also been kicking around an idea of a Chekhov Christmas carol or a, a, a Chekhov... It's a Wonderful Life, or a Chekhov Home Alone. So we'll, we'll see where the writing takes me and what, uh, what I feel uh, like pursuing. I've got well, time to mull it over. Wouldn't that be Anton Home Alone? True, but then where would I get to be? I don't want to be stuck in Paris while Anton's having all the fun. <laughs> so you know, while we're talking about Anton, is 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 Jude following in Dad's footsteps? Is he interested in all this stuff, or does he do it just to keep Dad happy? Well, right now he wants to be a uh, astronaut slash archaeologist. So I, I think he wants to be kind of Indiana Jones on Mars. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, well, and then I my wanted other to be son, a stormtrooper uh, when I grew up, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be either a starship captain or a starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. But then I stopped growing at five foot seven, so that ruled out being starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Well, <laughs> you could have been a basketball player. The Oompa Loompas are always looking for a good center. <laughs> <laughs> I could be the water boy. <laughs> I, I I thought it was great to see Jude in there as well. Well, I know how, how much you guys love that that make and take Star Trek commercial that he's in, and then uh, you loved hearing about his adventures at StarTrek.com, and you suggested him as Anton. It it, it seemed fitting, and, and his hair was actually at that moment. When we filmed in August, he even had kind of check off. <laughs> Very check <laughs> kind of <laughs> Totally. I was like, yeah. And, and I didn't have to force him to do an accent because Walter didn't bother doing an accent for Anton. So I thought, all right, yeah, that works. I can see that. And then, it, yeah, it, 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 it was a lot of fun working with him. I don't think he wants to be an actor, but he had fun doing it. He enjoyed uh, making a video. He enjoyed uh, – he didn't like wearing the, the heavy coat 
indoors because that got pretty hot in the middle of August filming. Um, but that's showbiz. And uh, he didn't like all the waiting and the, 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 the multiple takes. Because uh, he would do it well, and I would say, okay, that's good. But how about a little bit more intense? How about a little bit louder? How about a little bit faster? How about, you know, faster, more intense? And he got very tired of that very quickly. <laughs> Doing it multiple takes, um, not a lot of people get to see the, the slow process of making movies or TV. And it's a lot of hurry up and wait. And, uh, but he was very patient, and he took direction very well. And uh, he understood that Dad was trying to find a good performance uh, and trying to get a certain thing, and I'm just as difficult on myself. I, I, some takes, some of the Cousin Eddie ski takes, I think I did maybe 20 or 30 takes. Hmm. Hey, Andy. Well, he's, a great, he's a great character. I got a question for Andy really Thank quick. You. Yeah. So have you seen Big Trouble in Little China? I haven't, no. Ah, uh, because I thought maybe you could get some ideas to make a movie skit with like a big triple in Little China or something like that. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> yeah, I'll have well, to watch that. I'll see. Okay. They're talking about a sequel to that, you know, David. I saw that uh, uh, they might be making really? a sequel to that. Yeah, Kurt Russell dropped a little tidbit on the internet. And now it's all on fire. We'll have to wait and see. But you know, you know, Chekhov loves Andy, pop culture, so anything for him to reference. Anton might grow into um, his accent, you know, kind of like the Who's grow into their noses. He could grow into his he accent. He could. So he, he could. could. But but according to Star Trek Picard and, and Walter's performance, he didn't have an accent. So I, I don't yeah. know. I think he's going to defy his father there. But you're laying down the cannon, so. <laughs> no. Are you saying I should challenge Walter to check off canon supremacy? Yeah, exactly. You know, do it. Go for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, one thing Andy, I've learned you. from Star Trek fandom is, is nothing. I, I I will never upset anyone by going against canon. So. I, I guess I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I just want to let everybody know that Andy's going to be with us next week, actually on Tuesday, actually right around the corner, because we have a special yeah. Star Trek show that we're going to be doing. And Andy will be here as a special Trek spurt. So if you guys are into Star Trek III, uh, Robin Curtis, who played Lieutenant Savick, and Vaj Batenza, who played Spock at age 13, and and uh, he got to do a little bit of the uh, funky Comedina there with uh, with Savick, are going to be with us live. So you guys can call, ask your questions, and hang out with us and Andy on Tuesday night, same bat time, same bat channel. So that will be fun. I'm excited about that. Growing up, Star Trek Three was my favorite Star Trek. You know, I, I came into Star Trek through the movies, uh, I was not a TOS guy or a TNG guy. I was a TOS movie guy. And that was my introduction to Star Trek since as little as I can remember watching Star Trek 1, uh, Star Trek 2, except for the scary parts, Star Trek 3, and then eventually when it came out, 4. And then 5 was the first one I ever saw in theaters. But 3 was my favorite for a while because 2 was just too scary. Those, those earworms. 
Yeah, and five is the best. So we, we all agree on that. So. <laughs> I, I know someone who says that all the time. Yep, yep. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, we, had, we talked to Vaj on the show once before, and uh, he loves Battle Beyond the Stars, Buck Rogers, Battlestar Galactica. He's like a sci-fi geek. All that stuff that we love, he loves as well. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun talking with him last time. Uh, but we didn't have Robin on, so we really didn't get a lot into the Star Trek Three stuff, but we're going to on Tuesday. So you guys definitely want to be here for Tuesday's show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Not only will, will the one and only Andy Bray be with us, but we're going to have some special Star Trek Three guests right here, right here live. So you guys can give us a call and ask your Star Trek Three questions. So just put that on your calendar. So thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight, Andy. We really, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out and Trek talk with us. My pleasure. I had an absolute blast with you guys. I always love coming on this show, and I, I really appreciate you guys sharing my stuff and enjoying my stuff. And anyone who wants to see it, uh, rather than just witness the, the radio version of Chekhov's Christmas Vacation, uh, you can go to where well, you guys posted it, Trek Talking uh, Facebook page, or you can go to YouTube. It's uh, my handle is at the Andy Bray TV, or you can go to my uh, website, uh, theandybray.com, and click on it, and that'll kick you to the, the YouTube site. Um, but definitely check it out. There's a lot of visual stuff in it. So if you love the audio, you'll love the visual. Oh, absolutely. And, and make sure you check out the Gorn special, too. While you're there, yes, because that one. In fact, that just watch really... them all. We've got eight Trek sketches. Just watch every single one of them, and just watch them again and again and again and again. That's right. Just go over there and put them on speed dial and have them repeat, 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 repeat. You won't be disappointed. There you go. So, well, anyways, thank you so much, Andy, for hanging out with us. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, please say hello to Jude for us, and please have a merry, merry Christmas. And uh, Actually, we'll see you on Tuesday anyways. <laughs> so thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, guys. Take care. All right. Thanks, Good man. Night. Thank you. All right, guys. That was the one and only Andy Bray, and uh, he brought Mr. Chekhov with him for a little while, which is always great. But before we move on, we got some Star Trek birthdays we got to get to. And if we have some time, we have a couple of Star Trek news stories. But before we do that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, well, I'm not going to because I didn't see it myself, so I, I can't. Uh, but um, Eric and Charles have a little little segment that they'd like to uh, share with you guys right now. And apparently there's a brand-new Doctor Who floating around out there, a brand-new TARDIS. Uh, I think it's on the Disney Channel as well. And Eric and Charles, are gonna, I think it's a three-episode um special if, if i remember correctly yes and we're up to part two is it? Three. part three's out part all three all three are uh, out. We're gonna a bit of uh a little bit of doc
All right, take it away, guys. Oh, man. So, yeah, this week we have the release of the third of three uh, Doctor Who specials that feature our 14th Doctor, which is actually also our 10th Doctor. And this week it's pretty exciting as far as I'm concerned because we get the... um, we get the introduction of our 15th Doctor as well. So uh, this week we get uh, Shuti Gatwa introduced as our 15th Doctor. And we get kind of an interesting, uh, I don't know, new canon thing here with the Doctors, with the, yeah, the by generation. So wait, do you want to talk about yeah, that a little bit that's here, a brand, Charles? That, that to me is a brand new term. And I guess I hate to say I'm going to spoil it for someone who's missed it. But we get to the point, like, okay, we'll go back to one thing. We get the giggle. And I look at some interesting details in this one. The toy maker is a, is, is a character from the original First Doctor. But the new one is played by Neil Patrick Harris, who is amazing. Exactly. Yeah. But it just – I didn't realize it. Then I read up. It's like I keep hearing about historical. And then I, I saw the original clips from the first – from that episode with the first Doctor and the fact that we this is, this is a historical character brought back <clears throat> and that the puppet – the head that's in there is also factual. Yeah, so uh, to give some context, in this episode, yeah, in this episode, one of the very main themes is that we get a picture of the puppet that was used as the very first transmitted image for television. And it was real, right? Stookie? That was real. That actually did happen. Yeah. The mouth didn't move in the original in the original release, but that was an historical event. So once again, Doctor but, Who kind of like brings these historical events into yeah. their overall story and shows how the Doctor sort of weaves their way through <laughs> each of these important yeah. parts of history, right? Exactly. To bring 60 years of history through. And the fact is Oh man, with a toy master, just what a character he create he he put together. And yeah, just, Neil. Um, yeah, Neil. But that. Yes. I was just gonna say Neil Patrick Harris was amazing as this character. So the the idea of this character for anybody who doesn't know Doctor Who is that um, this character has godlike powers. So they can remake reality. They can um, you know make strange things happen. And the Doctor often deals with things that are more concrete and scientific. I know there's time and space and like whatnot, but like there seems to be a little bit more kind of concrete reality to it whereas the the toy maker i think brings a whole kind of randomness to it and this is a character that was what was it the i looked this up was it the fourth doctor the eighth doctor i think it was the it was one of the old doctors uh had this character before and um no first oh all the way back to the first doctor harney this is uh i sent it to you in chat 
go look up this. This is a black and white episode with the toy maker. Oh yeah, which back, I, I think it's Harney. Which oh, I'll just, go back and watch that clip. I'm just gonna say that all of that classic Doctor Who stuff is currently available on Tubi, and I will admit that I've gone back and started watching that a little bit to get a little bit of the context for these things. But the thing that I loved about his performance was that you got a sense that you know this was a villain that the Doctor was dealing with, who was beyond the Doctor's ability to sort of deal with, like so. The doctor kind of always yeah. feels like uh, they're going to figure it out, right? Like it, it, one way or another, the, uh, this story's – go ahead. I was going to say I just thought about a perfect example. The toy maker is Star Trek's Q. Yes, a very good comparison. Yes, yep. yep, somebody who's mischievous, who, who like literally lives to play the game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So and I love the fact that yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but I love how the first Doctor beat Toy Master beat the Fourteenth Doctor. Then they go into competition to best out of three, and I love how that game and to pull out this word by by the. By generation. By evolution. By, By generation. generation. Yeah. Yeah. So by generation so, of getting two doctors. So to give people once. context, like normally what happens is at the end of a run of a doctor, they die in some heroic way and they regenerate. So their body, you know, remakes itself into some other form. And that's how we get all of the different actors playing all the different doctors throughout time. Well, this time, we had, first of all, kind of a weird thing happen where Jodie Whittaker regenerated back into David Tennant, who was a previous doc, which was the yeah. first time that we ever had that happen. And then we yeah. get David Tennant by generating into uh, David Tennant and uh, Shuti Ngawa. Uh, so we now have two doctors. We have a doctor who's the 15th doctor, who's the one who's out there adventuring, and we get the happy ending for number 10 slash number 14, who now can go and just live his life with Donna and stuff. And there was there was a theme in this episode of the fact that mm -hmm. since since number nine, the doctor has constantly kept moving like he has never he she has never slowed down, has never stopped adventuring, has never stopped going in the TARDIS, has never stopped losing companions, honestly. And like there's been a lot of emotional stuff that's happened yeah. over the last fifteen, twenty years here. So what we get is we get like the final putting to bed of the number ten story and somebody gets to be happy and we get the further adventures of number fifteen. End of the day. Yeah. Well, Pretty cool. I have a Pretty question cool. though. Yep. I have a question for you guys as a non Whovian. Okay. I seem to remember the only Doctor Who I really watched with you guys was Jodie Whittaker, who I loved, by the way. And uh, I thought the episode Rosa was absolutely outstanding. But I seem to remember with Jodie Whittaker, there were two doctors, there was that doctor that showed up. Yeah, Remember well, there's the, the yes, there's the rogue doctor, which is a different storyline that kind of happens along the way. Yep. 
Okay, and without so getting they're, they're really, from, without but, getting, without getting really deep into it, there's actually they say that the new guy is the 15th Doctor, but he's actually the 17th because there's two Doctors that aren't technically numbered: the Rogue Doctor and the War Doctor. Yeah. So this is kind of like Highlander. There can only be one. Well, it's just a yeah. continuation of a story. And what I think is really cool is that the the like Doctor Who has actually evolved quite a bit over the years. Like back in the day, he was sort of just this weird professor dude who, you know, went out on adventures. And the the BBC has continued to evolve this character such that these days, with um, the latest series here, we get the most amount of inclusion. I mean, we get like the new TARDIS has a ramp that's accessible. You know, that's a really cool yeah. thing. We've never had that before. Um, we get a um, we get a trans uh, character in this series of three episodes. First time we've had a trans character in Doctor Who. We get a black Doctor number fifteen. You know, first time we've had a black Doctor. So I feel like it's cool because Doctor Who is moving that ball forward in the same way that Star Trek, I think, tends to. And a lot of people, the same thing is happening, right? Where like people are complaining about Doctor Who now being too woke and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of fun. And I'm, I'm happy to be a, a Whovian now because now I've got some Who to fill my time between now and the next yeah. time I get Star Trek. Well, wow, Eric, excellent. And it's on Disney Channel, right? It is. It is. Just, just the new series. Yeah, all the old stuff is on uh, Max. Yeah, I mean old stuff, Eric, old new stuff. Yeah, Charles. Uh, the 2005 series is on Max. Yep. For the previous series, you have to go to Tubi, which yep. I haven't done yet. Uh, Eric, what do you think's happened to the Master? Ooh, uh, so did you catch without- that reference? I, I absolutely did, uh, without geeking out too much, uh, because this is a Star Trek show. I'll just say, I, you know, there was reference to the Master having played a game with the Toymaker and having lost and getting caught in that tooth. And then the tooth gets picked up at the end, and there's a hand, there's a female hand there. Um, gets, yeah. I think it's very interesting who that female hand belongs to. Um, I thought of Missy, but, like... I, I don't know. I'm not sure. So I don't know, yeah. but I just think we. I think we got. I think we might have another master. I'm very excited to see who the new master is and how uh, yes. they are played. Yes. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for giving us the Doctor Who time, guys. Yeah, I like I said, it was it was interesting. All right, so are you guys ready for some Star Trek birthdays? Let's do it. Yeah. What do you say? Okay. That was not a Klingon song. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we do our Star Trek birthdays, and uh, we start off by remembering those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Yes, this week, Jim, we remember five members of our Star Trek community. The first is actress Valora Noland. Valora Noland, uh, we lost just last year, March of 2022, at the age of 80 years old. She was 
the actress who played Daris in the TOS second season episode Patterns of Force uh, way back in the day. In addition to Star Trek, Nolan was seen on television shows like The Rifleman, Laramie, Wagon Train, you know, kind of those old westerns and stuff from back in the day. She also had a small part in the first of two William Asher uh, beach movies back in the day, 1963's Beach Party, and also 1964's Muscle Beach Party. <laughs> um, uh, after that, she was uh, active as a photographer and author under the name Valora Tree. And Valora Noland was originally uh, born Valora Baum. So we have Valora Baum, Valora Noland, and Valora Tree, all as the same person. Happy birthday, Valora Noland. Happy birthday as well to John Colicos. He was the Canadian actor who played Core, the very first major Klingon that we ever see on Star Trek. He originated that role back in the days of Errand of Mercy. He then returned in, uh, or was actually slated to return in The Trouble with Tribbles and Day of the Dove, but scheduling conflicts made this impossible. So uh, he was not able to reprise that role until the DS9 days, when he did three more episodes as old core, so to speak. Um, he had a career that spanned over five decades, starred in nearly 150 film and television appearances along the way uh if you don't know him from star trek you probably know him from his battlestar galactica days and we're talking old battlestar galactica who yeah. was he back in the day <laughs> yeah he, he was the he was the one and only the original baltar he was and he was so devious and he kind of like he just was always devious, right? He was, I feel like the new Battlestar, you kind of have, like, is he devious? Is he – he's a little more – this guy was devious, and he just had the face for it. <laughs> so he was so good. Um, and if you don't know so him – I want to ask things, you a question. Yeah, go ahead. A question. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm yeah. a huge Battlestar fan. I've, I'm on a lot of Battlestar Galactica pages. And this is a big, big debate that's, that's been going on for decades now. When, when Baltar gets command of the Cylon base ship and he meets with Adama and he said, tells Adama that when, the, when they find the Pegasus and all, and he says that now will be, never, be a better time to strike, we could go right into the heart of the Cylon Empire and easily defeat them. Do you think he's telling the truth there is he, or, or is he just trying to lead them into another trap? I don't know, man. In the old series, I would say that he's just leading them into a trap. And in the new one, I think it's more ambiguous. So I, it, I think that's why I tend to be a new series guy because I, I feel like just the way that that actor plays that part is so complicated. I just love it. Well, they had four seasons to flesh them out versus they did. one. But also true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love the ballpark, loved them as core. So good. Uh, so John Colicos, uh, birthday December 10th, uh, 1928. Happy birthday, John. Happy birthday as well to Joseph Bernard. He was the actor who appeared in Trek as Tark in the TOS second season episode, Wolf in the Fold. He also made guest appearances on such television vision series as uh, The Twilight Zone, The Untouchables, and Mission Impossible. 
He also taught acting at the Lee Strasberg Theater Institute in Hollywood and later opened his own acting school, the Joseph Bernard Acting Studio in Las Vegas. So happy birthday to Joseph Bernard. And happy birthday as well to Arthur Christopher Orm Plummer CC. That's right. <laughs> Chris, the person who we uh, mostly know as Christopher Plummer has many titles and uh, names to his credit. We lost him back in 2021 at the ripe old age of 91 years old. He, of course, was the actor who played General Chang in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. He also reprised that role in the video game Star Trek Klingon Academy. In a career spanning over 60 years, he earned two Tony Award nominations, uh, Sorry, two awards out of seven nominations, Emmy Awards out of six nominations, and an Academy Award nomination as well as an award, and numerous other accolades. Perhaps his most famous film role is that of Captain Georges Von Trapp in the classic 1965 musical The Sound of Music. Um, was also a stage actor back in the 50s and 60s. He won his first Tony Award in 1974. Um, he acted with René Abergenois along the way in some theater. He did so many things that I can't even tell you what they are because uh, it would take more time than we have on this podcast. So please go look Christopher Plummer up. If you're wondering what CC means, it means that he has actually achieved the second highest accolade that you can achieve in the Canadian government. He has the the Order of Canada Award. Um, So pretty big stuff. It's kind of like being knighted almost in Canada. So happy birthday, Christopher Plummer. And lastly, Happy birthday to Sandy Courage. That's right, Sandy Courage was the Academy Award-nominated Emmy Award-winning composer, arranger, conductor, and orchestrator who wrote several scores for the uh, TOS series. Uh, Most importantly, probably that main theme. And Jim, uh, I know you would love to play that theme for us because we need to hear what it sounds like, right? Sandy Courage, here it is. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. to say probably the most influential piece of music that we've heard in Star Trek of all time. It was actually Jerry Goldsmith who recommended Courage to Gene Roddenberry back in the day. And uh, Courage got a shot at doing the theme for The Cage and then actually did it for the later pilots as well. Um, 
just such a cool thing. There's a great story about uh, how Courage got involved in writing of the music. So just look it up. Uh, check it out. Alexander Courage, uh, Sandy, would have had a birthday this week. We lost him back in 2008. Happy birthday. And so I'm going to pass this flaming birthday candle over to Charles. Thank you, Eric. Didn't get a lot of time to to look up birthdays this week. Busy week. Let's start off with happy birthday to Michael Nururi. Played Siran, also known as Arv, in Star Trek Enterprise's fourth season episode, The Forge. Happy birthday to Catherine Black, actress who played his mother in Star Trek Strange New World second season episode Ad Aspera Per Aspera. Happy birthday to Joe Lando, who betrayed Pro- P- Patrolman Taggart in his music debut in Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. Happy birthday to the J. Um, yeah. M. Ritzvaj, former international star who portrayed Captain Joel Randolph in Star Trek for The Voyage Home. Happy birthday to Melissa Roxburgh, the actress who played Stell in Star Trek Beyond. Happy birthday to Amanda Carlin, actress who played Cobb in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, second season episodes, Maquis Part 1 and Maquis Part 2. And last on my list, happy birthday to Wendy Malik, actress who played Kathwa in Star Trek Lower Decks, fourth season episode, empathically... In pathological fallacies. Ah, okay. With that tongue twister, I'm going to take this flaming candle over to Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Appreciate it, man. We still got a few more to take care of here today. First of all, happy birthday goes out to ex NFL cheerleader and uh, Hollywood luminary Terry Hatcher, who a lot of people don't realize was in Star Trek, but in the second season episode, The Outrageous Okona. She played uh, B.G. Robinson on that episode. Uh, of course, we uh, most people know Terry Hatcher from her tons and tons of TV work, Desperate Housewives, Lois and Clark, uh, and, and was a Bond girl, of course, with Brosnan in Tomorrow Never Dies. So works a ton, um, very well thought of, and on Star Trek as well. So happy birthday, Terry Hatcher. Happy birthday also to Rachel uh, Amsharil, actress who played Commander D. Nan in the Discovery second season and third season. Happy birthday goes out also to actress Majin Amik. Uh, Majin Amik, uh, 80s fans are going to recognize, well, 90s fans too, who am I kidding, <laughs> from <laughs> Twin Peaks, where I think she really uh, made a name for herself in several iterations of that franchise there. But uh, in all kinds of good shows, and uh, we're honoring her work and uh, in Next Gen's second season episode, The Dauphin, where she played the teenage form of the Anya character. Big favorite for me here, um, uh, uh, 
really uh, delighted uh, to spend a couple of minutes talking about this particular actress because I think they're really outstanding, um, really delightful. Uh, Terry Gar. um, She played Roberta Lincoln on a second season episode of Simon Earth. And a lot of us, uh, it's one of our favorite episodes. It was slated to be a potential pilot for a series, uh, a spinoff of Star Trek, and it's just great. Um, She's hilarious in there, a great foil for the uh, mysterious uh, Gary Seven on that episode. And uh, I think can lay claim to fame for turning in one of the greatest uh, comedic performances in motion picture history in young Frankenstein. I mean, come on. I mean, just absolutely great. Um, She's also in a terrific uh, Sidney Pollack movie uh, with uh, Dustin Hoffman called Tootsie that if you've never seen it is really, really good. Uh, But she's a, uh, from the classic school of a comedian, right? I mean, really, really great, but um, she's just absolutely spectacular on uh, that episode of Star Trek. Um, I think she's a treasure and uh, and just makes me want to watch <laughs> Blazing, uh, Young Frankenstein just thinking about her. So, uh, and yeah, Close happy Encounters birthday. of the Third Kind as well. Oh, God, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. Long-suffering wife of Roy Neary. <laughs> and Reichen. has lived and has lived with MS for the last 21 years. Yeah, well. no, no small feat there. So, yep. but uh, but we we see you and we appreciate you, Terry Gar. So, yep. we think you're fantastic. So, hang in there, friend, and uh, thanks for all of your amazing work. And then also, big happy birthday um, uh, that I'm proud to be able to uh, talk about um, American politician from the state of Georgia. Uh, who made a guest appearance on Discovery's fourth season episode, Coming Home, as the president of United (laughs) Earth, okay? The great, absolutely impactful Stacey Abrams. And uh, and was was kind enough to call into the show one night a couple years ago. So it was very, very nice to to hear from from her. But uh, I, I suspect, I hope, I pray that Stacey Abrams is not done stirring up the pot. And uh, we'll continue to uh, speak out for uh, civil rights and uh, reforms in politics that are so desperately needed. So uh, to me, a real embodiment of the spirit that uh, created the Federation and uh, Star Trek as a whole. So I'm thrilled that she is a part of that universe. She happens to be a massive Star Trek fan herself, which is uh, why she was offered the role and uh, was able to do that role on the Discovery and uh, and uh, is just a huge fan of uh, of science fiction. I think it's probably I think Star Trek. She said is one of the reasons she got involved into politics because she wanted to make sure the world became a better place and not a crappy, suckier right wing one. <laughs> if you don't like what I'm saying, well, you know, <laughs> take a walk off the pier, fella. That's all I can say to you. But uh, hopefully you're all right with that because most people who like civil rights like Star Trek. And if those two things don't jive for you, anytime look in the mirror. So see what happens. Jim? Well, I only have two. Uh, I gave all the good ones to you guys, but there's a couple here that you absolutely know weren't going to anybody but me. So uh, the first one, uh, he starred in one of the best Star Trek movies ever made and that probably will ever be produced. But before he starred in that movie, 
Uh, he he was in the original series, third season episode, Spectre of the Gun, as uh, Morgan Earp, the gunfighter at OK Corral. And then it had to be, what, 30 years later? Uh, he appeared in the best Star Trek movie ever as John uh, in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. This is the first guy that Cybok meets in the opening credits of the movie. And, of course, I'm talking about the great Rex Holman. So oh, the guy with birth- the really bad teeth. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, happy birthday to Rex Holman. And uh, I'm glad that you were in Star Trek V because you made that movie that much greater by being in it. And I, I think it was 30 years, wasn't it, between Spectre of the Gun and Star Trek V, 89, Star Trek V, uh, maybe Star Trek V is 89, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, Inspector then, yeah, it's probably probably thirty plus a couple because sixty. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Happy birthday to Rex Holman. Uh, when I was doing the birthdays, like, oh please, let me get this guy. Let me get this guy. I don't want to give him to Eric. I want him. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I got him. So happy birthday to Rex Holman. Uh, the next guy, the next birthday is the ultimate birthday, the coup d'état of birthdays. This is the guy that actually got me sucked right into Star Trek. Uh, you know, I was a Star Trek fan before, but when I saw this guy sitting on the bridge of the Enterprise, um, I was just like, "Wow! I've just got to, I've got to get to know more about this guy." I dress up as I cosplay as a Klingon because of this guy, and I'm so thrilled to be able to wish this guy a happy birthday. And uh, let's hear let, let's hear it in his own words. I don't know who the hell you are. But... I am Worf, son of Moog, House of Martok, son of Sergei, House of Roshenko, Bane to the Duras family. Slayer of Galron. I have made some chamomile tea. Do you take sugar? So I'm talking about the one and only Michael Dorn. And that clip was from Star Trek Picard Season 3. He got in that great one-liner. And that's one of the things that Worf is known for, the one-liners. You know, I am not a merry man. You know, today is a good day to die. Uh, Nice house, good tea. So on and so forth. Uh, Michael Dorn. Uh, he's an actor, director, producer, and writer, best known for his portrayal of Warp on Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and four Star Trek films. He also portrayed Warp's namesake, Colonel Warp, in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, as well as, as I mentioned, in uh, Star Trek Picard Season 3. Happy birthday and kapla! to Michael Dorn, the mighty Michael Dorn. And I got to tell you guys a little story, of course, because that's what I do. I tell stories. Um, I was at a convention in Buffalo, New York. I was dressed up as Wharf, and uh, Karen had gone back up to the room. So I was down in the lobby with a friend of ours, and we're going back to the room to see what's taking Karen so long. And there's this woman following us through the lobby. 
and she gets on the elevator with us and goes upstairs and gets off the elevator with us, and she's following us down the hallway. And she finally, I'm like, this woman's creeping me out here. What the hell is the deal with this woman? She finally works up the nerve to uh, talk to us, and she comes up to me and she says, hey, hey, you're that guy. You're that, that Star Trek guy from that show. And uh, I was like, no, actually, I'm not. She's, yeah, 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 you're that wharf guy. My husband loves you, and you're his favorite character. Can you sign this for him? And I'm like, well, I'm not really him. And so she says, I don't care. Just just sign this for him. So there's some guy out in Buffalo, New York, as says to wharf from Bill. Uh, and wow. So <laughs> the first and only time I ever got asked for an autograph, <laughs> so, in Buffalo, the autograph that your husband, that your wife got for you is actually me. <laughs> so signed it on the elevator in Buffalo, and that, that was the only time so anyone ever asked me for an autograph. Um, <laughs> <laughs> were you, so you were wearing your like Klingon headpiece? I had on uh, not the one I have now. This was an, a much much older. One. In fact, there's a picture on our Facebook page of me and Michael Dorn. So more to that story, way, way, way back in the mid-80s like that, uh, we didn't have digital cameras. So when you got a picture taken, you had to go and get it developed. Well, they used to have these little huts called Photo uh, Hut, and they were generally in the mall parking lot. And you would go and you'd drop your film off and you'd pick it up the next day. So I went to the convention as Wharf on Saturday <laughs> Got it, waited till the end of the line because we didn't have photo ops back then either. And I waited till the end of the line and got a picture of me and Michael Dorn together. Hmm. Then ran across the street to the mall to the, to the photo place, dropped off the photos, got them developed, picked them up the next day, then came back to the convention on Sunday and had him sign the picture from the day before. So that cool. that's what we had to do back in the day. And I got to tell you something else. Uh, I was I did not know that Michael Dorn was black. I did not know. I thought it was an incredible makeup job. I thought, wow, <laughs> the great makeup job they did on this guy. And uh, when I finally saw Michael Dorn without the makeup on, I was like, wow, he's black. That's why he looks so good. It's not makeup. So, yeah, I, this was my early days of Trekdom that we're talking about here. All true stories, by the way. So that's my Michael Dorn story, and it was because of him on the bridge that I got. We wouldn't even have this podcast right now if it wasn't for Michael Dorn. So thank you to Michael Dorn, and kapla to the mighty Michael Dorn. Anybody else have any Michael Dorn stories they want to share? I don't know. Not that one, but <laughs> nobody that close. But I mean, he's definitely the guy who like brought Klingon culture into the lexicon of us paying attention to it. So yeah, super. Cool. I, I was when I saw him on the bridge. I was like, wow, the yeah. enemies of the Federation. Not only are they our friends, but there's a Klingon on the Enterprise, and that simple thing. That one little thing, even though Worf wasn't a major character until Tashiar died, just having him there was enough for me to say, wow, this new show is kicking it up a notch. And here we are today. So pretty cool. All right, guys. So that wraps up our Star Trek birthdays. 
And uh, we have some time for some Star Trek news. I got a couple of news stories that I've been saving up. So are we ready for some Star Trek news? Yep. Do it. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level nine authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Okay, I I believe that the first news story I have is for Charles. Yep, and I will throw a comment about something else on the end of it. Join the USS Cerritos with Star Trek Lower Decks Fuku Pop figures. The wackiest characters in Starfleet are coming to Fuku. The latest in the manufacturer's Jubilee Pop collection of vinyl figures will feature through of Star Trek Lower Decks and one of its deadliest enemies. Fuku has revealed the first wave of Lower Deck Fukos. It will feature the four main Lower Deckers of the Cerritos, Brad Boimler, Beckett Mariner, Devana Tendi, and Stan Rutherford in Fuku's inimitable square head style. Rounding out the wave is Badgie. The artificial intelligent anthropomorphic Starfleet badge with a taste for patricide. This is the latest in a small but growing collection of lower deck merchandise. The Star Trek Lower Deck premiered in 2020, the first Star Trek animated series in nearly 50 years. It's been well received with a 92% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Created by Rick and Morty veteran Mike Mahan, the Star Trek Lower Deck's power. Vocal Pops will be available soon. And also to throw in, as soon as I get on my phone, that the Star Trek Lower Decks Cerritos crew guide is due out next Tuesday, the day we go on our uh, next podcast. That book, who has been delayed, is supposed to be released next week. Whoop. So, oh, cool. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that does look like a good book. We have done uh, to do a. Uh, oh, I think of the creature, our favorite creature. The Gorn. The Mugatu? Moopsie. No, Moopsie. No, Moopsie. Troubles. Oh, Moopsie. Oh, yeah. Um. Yes. (laughs) I was going to say, because then if I work it out right, it's like, okay, let's get Moopsie and Meep together. Oh, my gosh. I Imagine those pair together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Crossing universes. Star Trek has Moopsie. Star Trek has Moopsie. Doctor Who has Meep. Meep. Moops yeah. are just right. a genetically engineered Tribble. That's mm, kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> so, David, you wanna you wanna wrap up the show with a with one final story, kind of a crossover kind of thing. Yeah. Who's a big fan of Nicolas Cage over there? Anybody? Anybody? Face off, baby. Yeah. Right. Face off. Yep. <laughs> if you see a cage without a nickel, then you know what I'm talking about. 
So, <laughs> uh, Nicholas Cage is down. It's not down, sorry. <clears throat> not down to join Star Wars franchise. I'm a Trekkie. I'm not in the Star Wars family. Nicholas Cage is not interested in joining the Star Wars franchise, be it a movie or a Disney Plus series like The Mandalorian. Cage's uh, yeah, Cage, uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. So, uh, sorry, my eyes are kind of all over the place. Anyways, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Co-star Pedro Pascal is the lead of The Mandalorian. And once said he wanted to recruit Cage onto the show. Ask about this cage rejected the idea of joining any Star Wars property because his loyalty lies with Star Trek. I'm not really down, Cage said. Nothing he grew up watching William noting he grew up watching William Tratner as Captain Kirk and idolizing the original Star Trek series. I'm a Trekkie I'm a Trekkie man. <clears throat> I'm on the Star Trek Enterprise. That's where I roll. I thought Chris Pine was terrific in the movies. Cage continued. I think the movies are outstanding. I like the political and the sociological messages. To me, the science fiction is really all about and why it's such an important genre is really... Uh, to me... Okay, sorry guys. I'm messing this all up. Um, huh? To me, oh wow! Uh, to me, what science fiction is really all about, and why it's such an important genre, is that really you can say whatever you want, however you feel. You put it on a different planet, you put it on a different time or in a future, and without people just jumping on you, you can really express your thoughts, like Orwell or whomever in the science fiction format. And Star Trek really embraces that. Cage concluded, I'm not in the Star Wars family. I'm in the Star Trek family. Sorry for yeah. messing all that up. I was like, my no, was kind of going all over the place. <laughs> well, it's always weird when like a, a, an actor is riffing on something that they enjoy and then to try and read their words back, it's a little all over the place. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for a second, yeah. I thought I skipped a line. I was like, uh. <laughs> no, no, no. It was good. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we, we have a caller on the line here what? to wrap Whoa. up the show. Yep. I just looked down and I noticed we have a caller who's been online for about ten minutes. So let's, let's answer the phone. Uh oh. I hope the caller's not too mad at me. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Truck Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Couple of my brother is Ray. Hey Ray, hey. what's up? Buddy? Hey Ray. And don't and, and don't worry, I'm not mad because I'm no walk. I just turn on myself. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm uh, not mad, y'all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not imagining. No, no, no. I came on late, so you know what I'm saying. I, I said I saw some saw, saw old guys not coffee y'all. Um, let me call say hi, y'all. Hello. Clap from you, Ray. Yeah. So listen, guys. Um, listen. I um. Okay, okay. Can I give you guys like a little bit of trivia, right quick? Now, um. Okay, okay. Do you guys watch the, like the original Tri Zone? Right? You remember the Tri Zone, the original one, uh, you know, the black white ones, the Tri Zone? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now. 
Now, if you notice, like, you know, I haven't seen it in a long time, right? So, you, so I'm watching right now, right? Um, I'm watching the one, like, you know, you got, you know, you know, you, know, you, 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 you got Red Shatner there, you got Len Nemo there, you got James Doohan was there in some, some episodes. And that's kind of wild, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of cool. Right, right now, I'm watching the one called the, um, the Quality of, Mer- of Mercy, and that's the one where Len Nemo was in this one, you know, as a soldier, in that one. And my yeah, man, Gene Stockwell. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm watching that right now. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. And else, but uh, yeah, but I mean, but anyway, how you guys doing today? You got doing all right. Happy holidays. Yeah, where, dude, uh, that that's a great episode. Uh, Quality Mercy Twilight Zone episode, super cool. Uh, Lieutenant Cantel in that one. Yeah, that I love that episode. Yeah, I'm watching it right Zone. now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. We're speaking right, right now. I'm watching it right now. And I'm finished <laughs> watching all the, uh, my, my, also my favorite, Nightmare 10,000 Feet. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the classic, oh. like, yeah, Shatner episode, yeah. 50, uh, right. Is it 10,000? 50,000? I can't remember. 20,000, I, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And yep. then you, and you got to talk about Nicolas Cage, okay? You're talking about Nicolas Nick, 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 uh, uh, Cage? Yes, I love him in face all, but it's Yes, but one of the movies he did, like, you, you know what I'm saying, the, the main way he started, is my favorite called Raising Arizona. The one, mm. I, mean, I mean, the one with the baby, the baby, we yep. wanted uh, the, the kid up the baby, or the him, yep. him, him, yep. him, him, him and Holly Hunter. Yeah. 1987, yep. Oh, yes, I was like, I was, in, uh, I was in junior high school when that came out. John Goodman's in that movie. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, what happened to John Goodman? I haven't seen him in a while. That's a good question, man. Uh, I know that he's still around. I do. I know. I haven't seen him in a while. He's on that new Apple TV series, the whole Monsterverse thing. Oh, Monsterverse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Monster he's, he's done some uh, Cloverfield sequels. Uh, he does a lot of work. Yeah, he lost a bunch of weight, and he's in, seems like he's doing really good. Yeah. He well, looks good. good. Yeah. I just gotta peep that, but um, I'm just, I'm just going to see how. Oh yeah, one more thing before I go. Like I said, um, um, I finally saw that new Quantum Leap last night, and be honest with you, it is so. Ugh, give me the original one with Scott Buckler any day. Not that new one. That that new one so sucks. <laughs> okay. I need <laughs> not disagree with you. <laughs> what? What? I mean, what? What? The new? What, I mean, what? The, the new Quantum Leap? Yeah. yeah, I haven't. Seen that. Yeah, it's no good. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I didn't even know they made a new quantum leap. They did. It was. No, bad. me yeah, neither. No, I can't no, even. Yeah. It was bad. I was. I passed by that last night. I think around like nine o'clock. I was going to go to bed, right? So I passed by last night. I said, "So yo, let me just um, people, you know, don't see how I never saw. I never saw it yet myself either." And I'm watching. I'm like. What am I watching? I got, I mean, I got half an hour. Um, I'm, I'm half an hour. I just told the team I want to sleep. That's bad. That's tough. That's what I did. I told the team I want to sleep. So that's it, guys. You know what I'm saying? I'll go you guys next week and say hi. The family doing okay. I hope your family have a happy holidays and everything else. And I'll call you, uh, and like I said, it's mad cold out here right by now. It's mad cold out here for the last few days. Man, I, just, I don't know. But anyway. Happy holidays for you and I'll call you guys next Thursday and wish you guys a Merry Christmas, okay? And take care, you guys. All right? Take care, guys. All right? Happy holidays to you, Ray. Thanks for calling, buddy. Have a good one. And Stay warm. Up. You too, guys. All right, later. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. 
Uh, that was Ray from the Bronx. He calls us in the show every once in a while. Uh, I want to say thank you to Andy Bray for hanging out with us tonight and sharing his latest Trek skit with us, Chekhov's Christmas Vacation. Check that out on YouTube. You can also find it on our Facebook page. I also want to say thank you to Paul for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you so much, Paul. Happy to, man. Thank you. And I want to say thank you to Eric for hanging out and Trek talking with us as well. Thank you so much, Eric. You bet. Thanks, guys. And thank you so much to our very own David. And uh, even though we didn't share the animal crackers with everybody, that's okay. Thank you, David. I felt really sick. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, thank I you felt... so much, Charles, for hanging out and for talking with us. Thank you, Charles. Oh, thank you. It was a ball, especially talking to Andy. Andy Andy's is always fun to talk to. And speaking of Andy, guys, we're going to have a special show on Tuesday, Star Trek Three show, as I said before. Robin Curtis, Vaj Potenza are going to be with us, and Andy will be back. We'll be talking about Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. So make sure you tune in for that. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying Star Trek fans are the best fans. You better believe that. Hailing frequencies are closed. Everybody, please stay safe and be good to each other. Good night, everybody. Night. Live long and prosper. Night, y'all. Let's see what's out there. Engage. We are unable to get to the phone right now because we are busy living in a plane of existence your feeble mortal minds cannot possibly comprehend. Furthermore, it's pointless to leave a message because we, of course, already knew that you would call and we simply do not care. Have a nice day.